Welcome to the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, we have the full crew reassembled once again. I'm talking about none other than, you know him first, well, from the Raw Sex Podcast creator and host, Dominique Marks, a.k.a. Cousin Damo. Y'all make sure y'all follow the Raw Sex Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Check that out. Also, make sure you're going to check out the episodes, sharing them, subscribing. Every Friday, new episode comes out. As we always like to say, support is free. As always, support is free. So make sure y'all checking out the Raw Sex Podcast and also Damo. Support him on Instagram and Twitter. And with us as well is my boy J.O. in the place to be. Been a while, gentlemen, since we've all been back together, but glad to have you back as we're rounding the corner into the second half of the fourth quarter here in 2023. And as we're getting ready to close it out with the bang, y'all. As a reminder, make sure y'all are going to vaultclassicpod.com. Once again, vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there, check out the website, all of the past episodes, our guest profiles. You can also go to our merchandise store. Guys, I just ordered a couple of new hoodies as well. We got some new designs coming up for the winter time. So make sure that y'all go to vaultclassicpod.com. Go to the store, check out our Buy Me A Coffee page to also support us monetarily by giving a small donation. And all of that makes sure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And gents, today is a special one. And we say that a lot here, but truly, if you've been around for the last 30 to 40 years and listened to music, in particular, if you've paid attention to hip hop within the last 30 years, this album that we're going to cover today is actually, I would say, on a short list of truly ground shifting albums that are out there. When you talk about albums that shift the culture, <laughs> and you talk about movements that shift the culture of hip-hop and the genre of hip-hop into the next stratosphere, then this album would be in that category. As a matter of fact, as I look at the schedule, this album and the next two or three that we will be doing are the reason why we started this podcast in the first place. But we're going to go ahead and start today with what we have on deck. And today we're going to go back 30 years ago to 1993, to the date of November 9th to bring you the debut studio album of none other than hip-hop supergroup Wu-Tang Clan, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, recorded between 1992 and 1993 at Firehouse Studio in Brooklyn, New York, with a runtime of 58 minutes and 26 seconds on BMG, RCA, and Loud Records. The producer and executive producer on here, it was all his vision, his plan. He's the one who saw it through. None other than Bobby Digital, a.k.a. The Resurrector, a.k.a. Reza. The singles from Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. The first one, Legendary, Protect Your Neck, released December 1992. The second one, Legendary, Cream, Cash Rules Everything Around Me, released January 31st, 1994. And the third, Can It Be All So Simple, released February 22nd, 1994. Also not included in there as well, another single that was as popular as some of the others, 
which was Method Man, a.k.a. M-E-T-H-O-D Man, which was a solo track by Method Man himself. So, gents, 36 Chambers, an album, and when we talk about hip-hop in 1993, is the reason why... A lot of folks said, you know, the West has been running things for a few years now. But as the last few months, some acts have started to reemerge out of New York. This new group of hip hop stars and acts emerging out of the first golden era, which was the late 80s into the early 90s, and are now starting to stake their claim for being what represents what New York hip hop and street hip hop is all about. Truly incredible that we're here 30 years later and we have Wu-Tang Clan as we see on the tour with Nas, the New York State of Mind tour that is selling out everywhere, by the way, and is still rocking venues everywhere across this country and even places around the world. Incredible staying power. For people who don't understand what the title actually means, it is a play based on supreme mathematics. And that is the part, of course, of 5% philosophy, which many of the members of Wu-Tang Clan were members of the 5% Nation of Gods and Earth, which is a sort of a sect of Islam. And it attaches the number nine, that is the meaning to bring into existence. And Wu-Tang Clan was made up of nine members, each of whom has four chambers to the heart. And the album was submitted, 36 chambers being the total of nine hearts to the of all the members. Then it's also a reference to 1978 Kung Fu film, The 36 Chamber of Shaolin, where the clan considered themselves as lyrical masses of 36 chambers, 36 chambers of death, where they say they have knowledge of 36 chambers of hip-hop music when everyone else in hip-hop was striving to attain the knowledge of 35 lessons. Also, while the human body has 108 pressure points, that's one plus zero plus eight equals nine, only the Wu-Tang martial artists learned and understood that 36 of those pressure points are deadly. Nine plus 36 equals 45. Four plus five equals nine. So the lyrics and the rhymes of the nine members are considered to be as the 36 deadly lyrical techniques for pressure points. Invade stuff right here. Make sure you're following along. If I didn't lose you, then just let me know. <laughs> but again, if you're up on that stuff for Supreme Mathematics, these are the things that made Wu-Tang so dope because they mix so many different themes in their music. It was martial artists. It was martial arts movies. It was classic soul. It was also Supreme Mathematics and 5% Philosophy, along with all the street stuff that they were talking about as well. That's what made this story so compelling. So now we're going to go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. So I'll actually start with you, Jay, on Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. Give us an idea where you were when you first listened to this album, what you thought about it initially, what you thought about Wu-Tang, and now... 30 years later, what's your take on the legacy of this album and also what it's done, not just to, I say, New York hip hop, but the game overall? Yeah, yeah, man. Thinking back, because um, I think the first jam I probably heard off the jam was like um, the Method Man jam, M-E-T-H-O-D, man. Yeah. And actually, I might have heard on the radio once, but then saw it on a show called um, Uptown Comedy Club. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if, I mean, it's, I guess it's like one of the things, like, I'm showing my age, and if you know, you know, because it wasn't mm-hmm. hugely popular, but yeah. funny as hell. Right. So, like, they perform that jam on there. I'm, I'm saying it's like Method Man, and I'm saying it's about one person, obviously, but then it's like 80 bands on, like, on that small ass stage, like, just like, just like mm-hmm. bumping each other, like, slam dance and shit, like, yeah. Okay. Oh, you the one with the mic okay you know what i'm saying you like i don't know how they kept the joint organized but like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying they rocked the joint but then they followed you know what i'm saying i heard cream and then bought the joint but again remember this is like a, a pivotal time because like it's in the 93 and all these other bangers are coming out and then like at the same time west coast hip-hop is still like the order of the day yeah so listen to this joint oh shit it's like something it's, it's different it's like grimy it's like that street shit you know what i'm saying yeah west coast shit could be street but it's like it's, it showcases like the east coast street style and everything like that so yeah 
And the thing that like, got me was like, it's so many members, but then like everybody, it's like everybody don't sound the same, but this shit, like, you know, it meshes, it meshes well with each other. Even ODB is crazy and out there as his style was. Yeah. I mean, of course, like you just rock throughout the 90s and everything. That's it's, it's one of those staple albums. Like it's come up in many conversations, but then mm-hmm. fast forward 30 years later, still holds up for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And then like the fact, like I think you said earlier about how they, I'm saying still going on tour, like Nas or anything like that. It kind of reminds me of that one post, I think it's one shit you shared like a while ago about, you know what I'm saying? How they was comparing like the old shit to the new shit. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? Like how the older artists are still like, you know what I'm saying? Rocking tours. Like, yeah. They still prefer Jordans over the bronze. If any, if you know what I'm saying, makes sense. Like dudes say, like 100%. the new, yeah, the new rap ain't hitting like the old rap, and clearly the old rap still hitting hard because like they still selling out tours. You know what I'm saying? Nobody really, to my knowledge, like buying tickets. You know what I'm saying to see like Blueface or whoever the fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't keep up with it, not to sound like an old head, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still not standing the test of time, even for that little bit of time they've been out. Like it's still kind of like bubble gummy weird. I'm saying niggas back then was making drinks like the last. Yeah. And 30 years later, it's, it's, a, it's a test to it. I'm saying they still out there rocking. still got an audience. It's still Wu-Tang the movement. So, yeah. Hey. Wu-Tang the movement. That is something, mm-hmm. man. It is. Mm-hmm. And, and to speak to your point, Jay, West Coast was still running things at this time still. But there was a mm-hmm. movement that things were changing, that the winds were changing. Like we, we talked about Into the Stage and that review that we did by Into the Stage. And now that right. joint, man, we talk about like the sound, how this new trend of new york rap it wasn't just like the late 80s where you had rakim and public enemy and you had the special eds and you had big daddy canes and cool g raps everybody from digging in the crates there was like a new era that was emerging from that like these young guns that were coming up to make sort of reclaim new york as the home of rap as the home of hip-hop as the epicenter of what the culture was supposed to be about and it did give you a little bit of a different perspective of what you got from west coast hip-hop so mm-hmm. the contrast was important though because variety was good and regardless of many of y'all what y'all think now how music is variety was always good and that was a prime example of that back during that time period so we go to you damo 36 chambers i know that this was something that you probably had a little bit of a later pass to us than most considering you know what you listened to at the time but give us an idea when you listen to the album in full and then what you thought about it. And now 30 years later, what you think about it and now how the legacy of it, basically how it stands. It's funny. Um, Emmanuel made me listen to 36 Chambers. Oh, wow. <laughs> he did. Yeah. You know, he lived around my way. So, you know, I really didn't. I was like, he's always Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang. I was like, oh, I, and I was like, what the hell now that I can buy music, let me go, well, buy rap music, if y'all are new to the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went here, went and grabbed it. I was like, oh, shit, all right, it's dip. Of course, you know, you heard the one, Let the Man, Cream was always on the radio. I thought that was Let the Man's song. That's how much I didn't know. I thought that was Let the Man's song. I was like, huh, so that was Let the Man's song. Because <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like after that, it's like he blew right after that. So I was like, I thought that was Let the Man's song this whole time until I watched it. Oh, all right. Okay, now I can see why he running around here shouting Wu Tang shit all the time. So I was a little late. So I was, you know, probably a lot of late. Ninety three, I'm ten, definitely didn't hear it. It's probably about ninety six. I probably got to crack open and listen to that album. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, all right, all right. It stayed in the Walkman for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely something. And then, you know, going back listening to it, it's still. Like Jay said, it's the test of time, and that's that's what classics do. They stand the test of time. It ain't you listen to it today, and then you don't never listen to it again. Like mm-hmm. a lot of albums that come out now, where you pop them up again today, and you well, you stream it today, and then you won't stream it ever again because it, it don't have no staying power. 
Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, they have so much of the same power. They made a show. They put you in a nostalgia with the show or how they put the album together. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that Hulu Wu Tang and American Saga, uh, the show. That, yeah, that first, yeah, that first season. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was something that became a big hit, and it tells you just how much people still resonate with the Wu Tang story, and their story itself is remarkable. I mean, the fact of how they came together, getting nine MCs together in a super group is not mm-hmm. easy, and you, mm-hmm. you see in that first season, the first couple of seasons the different personalities of everybody together. You got the two different neighborhoods in Staten Island and you got the Stapleton homes and you got Park Hill, Killer Hill. And Killer they was, Hill. yeah. And they was, and they was beefing with each other. Then you got the Brooklyn cats, Jizza and old dirty bastard coming to bring this in. Cause you know, Jizza and Rizza are homeboys and folks and they all related to each other. And to be able to make this come together was amazing. My take on this was I listened to the album in full for the first time, like in 1994. And this was right after I was getting ready to leave elementary school. I knew I heard something special when I listened to it. And guys who I know would, who would only listen to Go-Go, older guys that would only listen to Go-Go were pumping this <laughs> joint heavy. You know what I'm saying? And that was something. Now, you know, a lot of us, for those of y'all who are familiar with folks from DC area or or no folks from around here have family from here. A lot of us and a lot of people around here during that time didn't necessarily mess with a lot of New York rap, especially if they was into stuff like go-go and down South stuff, right? The West coast stuff, I think resonated with a lot of more folks in this area at that time more than anything, but there are certain cats from New York during that time period that DC cats loved. And Tribe was one of those groups. Biggie was one of those acts. And Wu-Tang was definitely one of those acts. I knew I had something special when those cats were pumping the album. And me listening to it first, the thing that caught me, of course, were the excerpts and the clips from the martial arts movies. I used to watch them 12 noon, Channel 5, and then Channel 54 Kung Fu Theater movies, which a lot of this stuff was inspired by. Those old 1960s and 70s kung fu films that people made a lot of fun of but used to have these ill-ass quotes in them and to be able to see that here then to hear these beats right these beats that had these soul samples and then the drums that were you could say were dusty but then they hit so hard you know what i'm saying like it gave you that grit and that grind but then the finish was just like that drum that snare drum and that kick drum used to hit you in your chest and then you had these mcs around here doing amazing thing with these lyrics and like you said jay they were all different but their styles meshed so well together it was like a basketball team you run in a basketball team nine deep you got five starters you put out there at the beginning of the game that could be your starting lineup one game but then the next couple of games you could run a different five out there and juggle the lineup a little bit and if you got to put people on the bench and then bring somebody else in, there's not really a drop off from the first team to the second team. That was what we got on this album. Everybody, I think, at least appeared on at least two songs. That just shows the versatility that you could throw any two or three or four MCs on a track and it would just completely hit. And then to hear those samples, then to see the street tales mixed in with the 5% philosophy, all that stuff being mixed in really gave you a point of differentiation to be like, damn, this is different and this is dope. And then (laughs) let's also talk about the fact that RZA kind of pulled all this stuff together, right? That he pulled all of this together. We Mm -hmm. talk about what producers do. There's beat makers and then producers. RZA was a hell of a beat maker, but he probably was even better producer. To be able to craft and solely craft the vision of this album 
and the direction of it to truly be a producer in that sense where he put this project and tied all the parts together and sewed it into a nice blanket. Insane. Absolutely insane. And then let's also talk about what the legacy of this is. 30 years later, tours continuing to sell out. You also see how popular they are. A clothing line which came out of this, which was wildly successful in the 90s and continues to be very nostalgic for a lot of us during that time. And the genius part about this, what RZA and the whole group set up, is that it set you up for each of the individual members' success afterwards. Because this was such a big hit, that made you intrigued to find out, damn, I wonder if Raekwon had a solo album, or Ghostface had a solo album, or Method Man, or The Old Dirty Bastard, or RZA, or Jizza. And what happened after 93 and 36 Chambers came out, you saw those albums start to follow. And then that all led into the second album, which was Wu-Tang Forever, about four years after this came out. Wu-Tang struck a chord with so many different groups of people. It was Potheads, Guys on the Edge, the counterculture folks. You had mainstream folks. You had the white folks. You had the rappers. You know, the people who were deep into doing hip-hop culture for themselves as artists, producers, crate diggers. So many different facets of life, people were into this group. And that was the reason why they hit so hard. So when this album came out, that was so different, unique, but then so dope at the same time, it was nothing that you could deny. And 30 years later, here we are still talking about it. An album that just last year was put into the Library of Congress to be culturally important for its aesthetics and also its quality. Not many hip hop albums are actually in the Library of Congress for that. So that alone speaks to the sort of importance that it has. And this 36 Chambers album was something that was dope back then. And even now to this day, you can play it through and not have a worry or care about whether or not something's going to be whack. Highlights and lowlights. So I'll start with you, Jay. Highlights and lowlights. What do you have for highlights on 36 Chambers? Sure. I would, I would say the whole dream, but I'll just say the ones that really, really, really stand out for me. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, Bring the Ruckus, Cream, of course, Wu-Tang Clan, nothing to fuck with, Protect Your Neck. I just love it for hippie who just done, like trying to spit over that drink for myself. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just an experience. Yeah. Can it be also simple? And I don't think I said Seven Chamber, but yeah, Seven Chamber would be my highlights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> To end out, man, that joint to pretty much have, like, I would say your best spitters on there doing their thing. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, Damo, your highlights and lowlights, what about you? Um, I listened to it twice, three times, actually. I listened to it again. I listened to it twice when you said it, and then I listened to it. Ain't really no lowlights on here. Like, you know, I'll be messing, messing with my man. I put on this old song. I either fell asleep or I was skipping things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually, I said, oh, I actually hit the back button a couple of times to hear it. So I was like, oh, shit, you say that? Okay, dude. So it really ain't no no low life for me on this album. It's, it's still the same feeling. It's great music, great brand. You know what I'm saying? So all of that, no low life. I like it's the same as Jay said. I, and I was like, oh, he forgot to have a chain, but he came like, I don't think I said so. Like, damn it. So I, I the only thing. <laughs> other than that, it's the same highlight. Yeah. True. Oh, so I actually forgot. I forgot. Um, I, I didn't answer low light one. My Maybe. fault. So, um, as a highlight, yeah. I forgot about the low light I didn't mention. So, my fault. I didn't mean to interject there like that. But, mm-hmm. and I've, I've said this like plenty of times before, like, and it goes to the mystery of chess boxing, just knowing mm-hmm. the fucking killer priest fell asleep and couldn't be on that shit. But. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild, man. That's crazy, <laughs> man. That's just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah. That that's something that I think we're all wondering oh, what Wu Tang would have been like had we had Killer Priest instead of Master Killer. Now, to be fair, Master Killer to me wasn't too bad on this joint, but 
You know, you kill a priest. <laughs> yeah, not you know, kill a priest. We know that for fact. You know what I'm saying? Having killer priest on mystery chess boxing would have been epic. I'm sure, man. <laughs> Craziness. So, my highlights on this, man. First of all, to begin the album with that kung fu movie sample with Bring the Ruckus. I mean, that's to me what really set the album off, man. When Bring the Ruckus came on, dog. Yo, talk about a perfect beginning track for an album to set the stage on there. Bring the Ruckus is amazing. Absolutely amazing. First of all, before I get into the rest of my highlights, how many people sampled this shit to make shit for their songs, right? Protect Your Neck probably has five to six samples that I counted listening to it this week. Like, damn, somebody sampled this joint in a song that I know, <laughs> you know? And it wasn't hard for me to recall either which songs those were. When you have great material that people sample, they shit. Yeah, you got it, dog. Like, you absolutely have it. But to go on the rest of my highlights, shame on a nigga. Uh, can it be so simple? I mean, that 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 sample, man, goodness. <laughs> it's still, to me, just just amazing, like that sample. And hey, Ghost and Ray be able to kill that shit. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. I mean, come on, dog. Deck, Method, Method Man, and RZA, and then RZA shouting out at the end. Talked about his people out there, Maryland, Baltimore, out here in Morgan State. Slice in the alma mater, absolutely. So I'm always going to have props to sure. that. But that shit is just a hard-hitting track. That beat with Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Just... Come on, dog. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> Cream. People talked about when you say what is the most New York hip hop song ever. Peter Rosenberg said this, and I saw this on Instagram. I don't know if you saw it, Damo, but he said that Shook One's part two is probably the most New York hip hop song ever. And I said, well, I said, I, I would fair to venture that I think Cream gives it a little bit of competition, right? But it is because it's it's a classic track. I mean, when you talk about Wu-Tang and talk about tracks about Wu-Tang, this may be one of the three tracks that people first bring up when you talk about that. Awesome. That first verse by Raekwon sets things off perfectly. <sighs> Protect your neck, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started, bro. This might actually be my favorite track on the album because that beat, like you mentioned, Jay, goodness gracious. Did everybody go in on that joint? Yes, they did, including ODB. Got his man. Mm -hmm. First things first, man. You're fucking with the worst. <laughs> oh, man. Um, just that is Wu-Tang to me at its finest. That protect your neck. And then a sleeper track for me on this is Tears. You know what I'm saying? Because that sample with Tears, oh, man. <laughs> just switch up from the hook into the, into the bars and the lyrics with the verses. Mm -hmm. that's just RZA right there dog that is RZA like taking a, a, a beat and being like that vision you taking a beat and having an idea for a song and giving it a life and having, letting it grow legs and run dog like many people will probably not mention tears and you might even forget about it but to me oh nah and Ghostface on that joint dog doing his thing bro like come on and seventh chamber, the first and second parts you can't tell me nothing different bro you cannot tell me anything different the whole joint is just crazy even the skits on here the skits about you know niggas getting shot on the block the torture joint which to me still has me cracking <laughs> up laughing because oh, it's like the shit niggas said on that joint like yo though that's that's nah though that's crazy you can't do no shit like that to somebody this album is just it's crazy the way every all this shit came together and less than an hour over 12 tracks and it wasn't something like y'all said you going to skip no you going to press the button back if anything to go run a track back one more goddamn time before you head back to the next joint man absolutely wow and so no low lights on here for me for real i mean honestly like you talked about jay 
we would would prefer to have Killer Priest rather than Master Killer, but you know, hey, look, Mystery of Chess Boxes Damn still right. went over well. <laughs> I thought it went over pretty well. Even you, God, who a lot of people will say is probably one of the the, the weaker. I know I hear Damo laughing because I know he's not a fan of you, God. He almost yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to take it, dude. I, I left I left it off the table for Killer Priest. Yeah, yeah so yeah, so yeah, I know Damo feels sort of way about you, God, like I do about Master Killer. So, <laughs> but anyway, no low lights though for real for me, man. It's just like come on, dog. It's crazy. And then even to take the concept of it, tracks one through five re- referred to as the Shaolin Sword, while tracks six through twelve are referred to as as Wu-Tang Sword on the regular releases, the tapes and the CD. So when you had that side, tracks one through five and then six through 12, when that tape, stop that tape, flip it over, you're on a whole nother side that has another title and a, a different motif and theme to it. Notable quotables. So notable quotable, guys. What do y'all have for your notable quotable? I'll uh, go ahead and start with you, Jay. What you got? The one that comes to mind immediately is um, Rizzo's verse on Seven Chamber. Okay. Okay. You're getting stripped from your garments, boy. Run your jewels at the meth. Got me open like fallopian tubes. I bring death to a snake when you least expect. Ain't a damn thing. Change, boy. Protect your neck. Rule a zigzag. Stick a large jam is fatal. Quick to stick my Wu-Tang sword right through your navel. Suspenseful. Being brought through my utensil. The pencil. I bring strong winds up against you. Havoc. Then run through your counter like the Maverick. Caps through the tablets. I got to make the fabrics. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Basically, meth's first on protect your neck. Okay. Yeah, it's the method man for sure, Mr. Meth. Moving on, on your left, ah, set it off, get it off that love like a gat. I want to break food, cock me back. Small change, you're putting shame in the game. I take aim and blow the nigga out the frame. And like fame, my style live forever. Niggas crossing over like they don't know no better. But true, but I do. True, can I get a sue? Enough respect due to the one six. Like so. Ooh, I mean, oh, yo, check out the flow like the Hudson on PCP when I'm dusting niggas off because I'm hot like sauce. Smoke from the lyrical blunt makes me uh, like that call no, sound. Yeah. That shit just. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Protect your neck. People got they 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 man on that joint, dog. Man, you, you just can't help but feel the energy on that joint. You had to bring your like a game for that shit. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, man, those studio sessions, I could only imagine what shit was like there, dog. I could only mm-hmm. imagine. Damo, what about you? Notable quotables. Actually, from protect your neck, but I actually want an ODB. Okay. Okay. <laughs> first things first, man. You fucking with the work. I'll be sticking pins in your hand like a fucking nerd. I'll attack any nigga who's slack in his back. Come fully packed with a fat rugged stack. Shame on you when you step with your old dirty bastard straight from the book and do. And I'll be damned if I let any man come to my center into the weapon straight up and down. That shit is packed jam. You can't slam. Don't let me fool on him, man. The old dirty bastard. Face down, unique, rolling with a knight of creeps. Niggas be rolling with a stash, ain't saying cash. Bite my style, and I'll bite your motherfucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> he did get off on that joint. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did. He got <laughs> off on that joint. He did. He did. I, I had to go back and say, oh, ODB got off on this one. Oh, yeah. Shame on you when you step through to the old dirty bastard straight from the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Zoo. <laughs> Lying so nice, he turned it into a song. <laughs> so we got a recurrent theme because my shit is from Protect Your Neck too, and it's Dex verse. You know what I'm saying? First verse on here. Like I said, Deck is the best leadoff hitter when it comes to verses in in hip hop from the '90s up until a certain point, and you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> I smoke on the mic like smoking Joe Frazier, the Hellraiser, raising hell with the flavor. Terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan. Swing it to your town like the neighborhood Spider-Man. So, uh, tick-tock and keep ticking. Why you get to flipping on the shit that I'm kicking? The Lone Ranger, Cold Red, Danger, deep in the dark with the art to rip charts apart. The Vandal, 
too hot to handle your battle. You're saying goodbye like Tevin Campbell. Roughneck, inspect the decks on the set. The rebel, I make more noise than heavy metal. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, Deck just always I mean, finds a way to get the, get the track going. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like, you know, I smoke on the mic like smoking Joe Frazier, the Hellraiser, raising uh, hell with the flavor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> shoot, I mean, even, even the West Coast knows, I mean, that's what I mean. Remember, he was supposed to be in that gym with Pac, and then they had to remove Dexverse, because I don't know if you heard it, but that yeah. shit was fire. Oh, yeah, like, they that, had to take like, Dexverse off. Damn, I made, like, got my mind yeah. made up. <laughs> Damn. They was just like, nah, take that nigga verse off, dog. He's gonna make everybody look bad. And then, then I heard the rest of me. I, I see why y'all did it. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Damn. Yeah, man. These verses. Lots of quotables on here though. Like I said, so many different excerpts and clips from here have been sampled and used in other songs, man. That just goes to show you classic material, man. Never goes out of style, and people will always want to reference classic material. Final verdict. So, gents, what say y'all about 36 Chambers? Big spoiler alert. Is it a classic? <laughs> is it an essential album? Is it a dope album? Is it good or just okay? I'll go ahead and I'll start right you with you, Jump Damo. What you say? Classic. Always will be a classic. Are you saying it's up in the library and where is that? Library of Congress. Library of Congress. Hey, that lets you know how much of a classic it is. And you know, hey, it's always gonna have playback and they're gonna continue to steal music from it. That's how you know it's a classic. Exactly. Jay, man, I say classic, essential, an essential classic in my in my opinion. Like, yeah, the reason Dom was the same, and then like just like looking at it from like making beats and everything like that. Man, I stay coming back to this train for, for nothing else for like how to do this, how to do that, man. So right. like, like, and I think you were saying earlier how like it has something for everybody, and plus like you said, Library of Congress, man. Like, how can it be anything else but a classic? Yeah, exactly, and. <laughs> For me, it's a classic. I mean, come on. Let's talk about like just the what this did. This helped to launch what a lot of people call the East Coast Renaissance, right? That's what it did in the 1990s. I mean, we talked about Enter the Stage. Enter the Wu-Tang is right there with it, along with Midnight Marauders, along with Ready to Die, along with Illmatic, along with The Sun Rises in the East. You talk about a sound that was being developed in New York at that time. This helped to cement the sound really of our coming of age years, fellas. Like, to be quite honest, this helped to develop a certain sect of that sound. You want to talk about recognition, the recognition that it received. In the first review, I believe it got four and a half mics in the source. It got the perfect rating from Double XL, five out of five. When it comes to Rolling Stones and their 500 greatest albums of all time, we're not just talking about hip hop, we're talking about all music. This album was ranked 27th on its updated list. And as we said, 2022 was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Recording Registry for being culturally, historical, or aesthetically significant. I mean, come on. This is something that we're talking about 30 years later that still so many different people resonate with it from all different walks of life. When you go to a Wu-Tang concert, you see lots of white people, lots of black people, lots of Asian people, lots of Hispanic people, and people from everywhere, East Coast, West Coast, down South, internationally, rock with Wu-Tang Clan. They still, to me, I believe, have one of the most loyal fan bases out there amongst any group of fan bases out there of any act you can think of. And that, to me, speaks to their staying power because when you make classic material, people tend to enjoy it and also to appreciate it. So enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chamber by Wu-Tang Clan, y'all. 30 years old this week. Make sure y'all go check it out if you have not already. And, of course, we want to be in on the conversation and want to hear what you have to say what did you think about 36 Chambers? What are your best memories? Also, your favorite song. And who to you is the MVP of Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers? It could be any group member. 
and you can give your reasons as to why you think so. But hit us up on social media, visit the website to get to our social media page. Let's talk about it and continue the conversation. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.